Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible today? All right, I want to open up today with James chapter 1, verse 17. It says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. You know what? The good stuff, the best stuff in your life comes from your Father in heaven. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. And uh, Lord, we thank you, God, for your presence over this place. Lord, for those who are watching online today, we thank you for your presence just visiting us, Lord, that you inhabit the praises of your people, God, that you care and that you, you come in the room, as it were, Lord God. We love you and we honor you as our Father. I pray today that you would speak to our hearts, God, as we hear from your scripture. We thank you, Lord. May the word of the Lord come forth today. We love you and we open up our hearts to what you have to say. I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your spirit, God, to share what's in your heart today. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I wanted to uh, talk to today on Father's Day about our Father in heaven. And in my mind's eye, I was thinking about the, you know, the, the, the old school, like, bring your dad to school day. Or uh, I think it's kind of turned into kind of like career day, right? Because bring moms to school today as well, right? But um, bring your dad to school today. And I thought, what would it be like for Jesus to bring the Father to school? It's like, my dad is perfect. You know, he's perfect in every way. You know, when we talk about Father's Day um, and we talk about our Father in heaven, one of the challenges that we all have is that um, all of us who are dads fall woefully short of the Father in heaven, amen? And uh, we want to be changed and transformed and become more like our Father in heaven. And uh, there's, there's a time and a place for us to calibrate our view of Father by the Heavenly Father, amen? Where we look at who He is and we look at His attributes because we need to know who He is to be able to receive who He is in our lives. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to let Scripture calibrate our view of the Father. I'm going to read you a lot of Bible today. Is that okay in church today if I read you a lot of Bible? Okay, um, I'm not actually asking for permission, but I like to act like I am. Um, Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8 says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. You know, we have a Father who hears us. We have a Father who answers prayer. And you know, your Father in heaven is not hiding from you. He's not trying to elude you, play hide and go seek. He's not actually trying to be difficult to approach. I know many times, you know, in life we, we thought, you know, Father, I, I wish you were tangible in the moment, like that I could physically feel you. And you know, God calls us to relate to him, our Father, by faith and trusting him. And he's really smart 
for his reason for doing that. Because when you can relate to him without having to see him or touch him phys- uh, tangibly, and you know he's there, you know that when you knock, he answers, you know that when you pray, he hears you, when you know that, you can be anywhere in any circumstance, under any uh, cloud, anything can be going on in your life, and you have a way of reaching out to him. Amen? Amen. I know we would rather, maybe if we were in control, have it a different way. But God knows what he's doing in the way that we relate to him. And in this scripture, it's really cool because you are encouraged to come to him. That's a great attribute. I know there were times, you know, when my dad would come in from a long day at work and I could see on his body language, don't ask for something right now. You know what I'm talking? And there were times when I was just oblivious to it, and I'd be like, hey, dad, 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 and he would give me that, I just walked in the door. I think I've uttered that word before in my own household. But I am a human father who admits he falls woefully short of the heavenly father. But what I love is that he says, ask, seek, knock. He's never busy. He's never too busy for you. He's never outside of you being able to access. We continue reading in the, in the scripture in Matthew chapter 7. We go to verse 9. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? And if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? And if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask him? You know, the context of the scripture, when you look at the Luke version of this, is if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, he will give it to you. He's not going to withhold something good like the Holy Spirit from your life. But this principle really applies as well in other circumstances, which is when you ask, ask the Lord for something in your life, it's a worthy thing, you know, bread, fish, things that, you know, those kinds of things. He is not going to give you something evil when you're asking for good in your life. You can trust that the gifts that he has for you are good. Amen? I want to go to James chapter 1, verse 13. And I want to um, say this first. God is not tempting you, and he is not against you. It sounds like a really obvious thing to say. But I want to dig into this a little bit. James chapter 1, verse 13 says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. This is an important thing to understand about his character. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. I am so thankful to know that God is not trying to trip me up. Because i got to tell you, if God were trying to trip you up, he'd be successful. Right? You know, sometimes I, people have a really harsh view of God. And i got to tell you, it makes my heart sad. I hear phrases, and if you use these phrases, I don't want you to beat yourself up and, and get all you know, condemned and things like that. I just want you to consider this. Oh, God's really beating me up today. He's really... Gosh, he's just really pounding me today. And I'm like, you know, God challenges me. God tells me when I do things wrong. But normally the mean voice ain't him. Because there are other voices we hear. And there is an enemy 
who wants to kill, to steal, and destroy. Scripture says that he stands, uh, he stands before the throne accusing the brethren day and night. If all you're hearing is accusing and all you're hearing is trash talk against you and trying to tear you down, maybe that ain't God. It's not that God don't tell you the truth. The thing is, I loved Elizabeth's message a couple years ago. She said, God's not angry at you. I'll tell you what, that can set a lot of us free. That he ain't angry. He's not walking around disappointed in you. Um, that is typically something in you that's so loud that you think it's him. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it's your own heart speaking loud enough and assuming that's how God is thinking and feeling. But you know, Scripture says that Jesus received the wrath of God for your son. For your sin, excuse me. Do you know what that means? That means the, the justice in God that goes, that sin destroys and that sin tears and that sin leads to death. The justice thing that rises up in God, he put all of that sin on Jesus. And Jesus died for that sin so that he can put his, Jesus' righteousness over your life. And you're like, but I don't feel too righteous. I don't feel too good. You're right. You still need some work, and so do I. But he covers us with his goodness and his righteousness. You need to know today, he ain't mad at you. He ain't angry at you. He's trying to pursue you. And the problem is, when we believe those things, we run away from him rather than running to him. God ain't trying to trip you up. He will allow testing, but he does not tempt. Do you all hear that? He will allow testing because what happens is testing shows us inside of us what we're capable of. And the response to that should be, oh, Father, I need your help. This thing is in me and I got a propensity and I know I could do the wrong thing. I don't trust me right now. And we run to him. But I think sometimes we think he's given us the test and say, come back and turn it in. No, no, no. He wants to help you with the test. He wants to be present with you in the test. He wants to get you through the test. And those things that are inside of you that, that, that want to uh, germinate into something that is wrong, he wants to, to get it at the root and help you with it. Everything that is making you run from him ain't his voice because the answer is always, always, always run to him. I love these scriptures that, talk, that I'm going to share with you that talk about how the Father already loves you and how he has chosen to love you sincerely. And um, allow me to like, speak some of these scriptures over you today. Lamentations 3.22 says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Do you know what that word never means? Never. You're taking away my punch. Just kidding, I messed it. It's kind of an obvious answer, right? I love this. His faithful love, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Anybody here, you could use some mercy today? You know, mercy is when God treats you better than you deserve. I'm so thankful for his mercy. I don't take it for granted. I'm thankful for it. Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger 
and abounding in love. Isn't that beautiful? He's abounding in love, like he's just ready to love you and care for you, and he's slow to anger. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and I have drawn you with my kindness. I tell you, if there's one thing that I would really want to impart to you today as we're reading through some of these scriptures, is that your Father in heaven is approachable. Would you say the word approachable? that you can come to him. You don't have to be qualified, educated, known. All you need to do is come to him and he cares and he listens. And there isn't a person under the sound of my voice that he does not care about, that he does not have a special place in his heart just for you. He sees you. He knows the uniqueness of what you have walked through in your life and he knows the way forward for your life. I love that our Father is approachable. I remember I, I spent a few years working in the um, in the corporate world, and um, it was when I was transitioning out of being a private school teacher, and I was starting to. Um, and at the t- or the beginning, uh, the tail end of that was also the the beginning of coming here to Victory and my family being sent out here to, to um, about 18 years ago. And I remember when I was in that corporate world, um, I worked with a lot of highfalutin executives. You like that word, highfalutin? Um, and uh, what was interesting is learning the culture of some of them. Some of them had open doors. Some of them had closed doors. Some of them you had to make a meeting to. Some you could do a drive-by. Some would reply to an email. Some would only reply to a voicemail. And you had to decode how to get someone to answer you. You know what I'm talking about? Right? And so you, you just had to figure out what was the mode of education, and some people just needed prayer. Um, but... Here's the thing about your father in heaven. He is approachable all the time. In the Old Testament, there was this um, a tabernacle. It was a tent system with it they used for worship. It was something they could break down and move, and, and it had a tent where the worship would go on, and there was, a, there was a tent within the tent, if you will, called the most holy place. And then there was the Ark of the Covenant. Yep, like, like, uh, like uh, oh, what is the movie? Thank you. James? <laughs> James is on the path to redemption. Um, <laughs> those of you who feel like, I just got a joke, but I feel like an outsider. Um, I want to tell you the inside of it, but then we would be shaming James all the more for telling a guest speaker that he was old and bald. And I don't want to do that to James because I just feel like that, you know, he needs a new day. He needs a moment, right? And we don't need to bring up the past anymore. So we won't do that, James. You're welcome. <laughs> So the ark, just like Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you, uh, you know, tries to depict. And in this place, only the high priest, only once a year in the Old Testament, could go into this place. And uh, when Jesus died on the cross, it talks about how the curtain that separated the rest of the worship place from that most holy place, it was ripped from the top to bottom. And it represented us being able to go into that place. It was the, it was the closest place you could get to the tangible presence of God, the glory of God on earth in that time, right? And here's what it says in, in Hebrews 10, 19. This is written to me and you about the principle of going into that place. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter, would you say the word confidence? Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open th- to us through the curtain, that is the body. And since there is a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God 
Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. I want to share a couple of these words with you here. It talks about confidence. This is about approaching God, right? Confidence. Confidence does not hesitate. Amen? Confidence, y'all didn't hear me. I, I can tell the folks online heard me. I heard the amen online, but y'all, people in the room need a little bit of help here. Confidence does not hesitate. Confidence does not second guess. That was another opportunity. There you go. Um, confidence will not undermi- be undermined by your insecurities because confidence is confident. Amen? It says, let us draw near. Not far. We don't have to be skittish about coming before the Lord. We don't have to keep the Lord at arm's length. He's not trying to keep us at arm's length. And it says here, with a sincere heart, meaning like you can like really be yourself with God. And some of us are like, I don't know if you know what you're asking. I know a lot of you cuss. You're like, what? No. <laughs> so funny, I... Little sort, you know, sometimes people will cuss around me and they'll be like, oh, and I'm like, you know, I've heard those words before. <laughs> it's okay if you're like your, your real self with me. I'd really like the real self to come forward. It's, some of y'all are like, I don't know. Okay, maybe not that much permission. Um, but you can be real with your Father in heaven. He's not intimidated by who you are. He wants the real you. Now look out. He's going to transform you. He's going to change you. You can't get around him and him not transform you, but he's not twisting your arm, putting you on the table trying to transform you. He's wooing you into transforming. He is showing you a better picture of who you can be in him and empowering you to do it. It's a totally different model. Assurance. There's that just doubling down on confidence. And I love this. It says the assurance that faith brings. Remember earlier I was talking about how we can't see him and he's not tangible, but he's actually really smart about that because then as you build a relationship with him that's not based on the tangible, but it's based on the fact that you know that he hears you when you cry out to him and you know that he is there and you can have confidence that you're never left. He's never going to forsake you. Then you can get in that place where you go, okay, it's the confidence that faith brings because you, we have to believe who he says he is. Y'all hear that? We're calibrating today. What we want to do is we want to throw away some wrong concepts of how God thinks about you and get him to tell us how he thinks. Because we want to base our image of who God is off of his own words, not off of our misconceptions, our bad experiences, or things that have happened to us in the past. And we don't want to judge God by experiences. We want to judge God by his word, by what he says. So how does faith come? Well, faith comes by hearing. Hearing the message, the message heard through the word of Christ. We have, to, we have to hear the truth, then we have to believe the truth, and then we have to act on the truth. Let me say that to you again. We have to hear the truth of who he is, we have to believe the truth of who he is, and then we have to act on the truth of who he is. And if you don't know the truth, you can't walk in the truth. If you don't know the truth, 
You can't walk in the truth. You know, January 1st, 1863, Abraham Lincoln released the Emancipation Proclamation. And he said this, he said that all persons held as slaves are henceforth and shall be set free. Pretty big day in our history, amen? Some heard the news absolutely immediately, and I can imagine, can you imagine the disbelief? It would have, I think I probably would have gone, wait, what? Like, like free, everybody's free, like I can leave now, like I'm free, right? What's fascinating is in Texas, they didn't get the word, they didn't share the word. It was two years later on June 19th, 1865, that people heard about this Emancipation Proclamation. You see, the word was out there, but the people didn't know. The, the truth of where people were legally was decreed, but people hadn't got an opportunity to work it, walk in it because they hadn't heard it, right? And here, I'm t- and that's, that's where we get June 19th, right? June 19th, 1865. And I'm here today to proclaim to you that the Father in heaven is approachable, that you can approach the Father. And I'm here today to proclaim to you that you can be close to Him. And I want you to know you can be closer to Him than you think. If you feel far off from Him, I want you to know He doesn't feel far off from you. If you feel like you're distant from Him, I want you to know He is not distant from you. He knows you. He's been watching over you your entire life. Every moment of your life, He's known you and cared about you. I'm here to proclaim to you that Jesus has already paid the price for your sin. And every time we realize sin in our life, we bring it to him and say, oh God, forgive me. I just receive what you have for me. Let me start anew every single time. And I'm here to proclaim to you that as you cry out to God, he hears you. He hears you. And I want to encourage you as we're in this Father's Day, Sometimes when we, when we cry out to the Father, we just say the words wondering what the response will be. But then there are other times when a cry comes out of us, like something deeper in us. You don't need to stick your toe in the water and wonder if he's hearing you. But there's something about letting what's in you come out that's good for you. You know, when I talk to my wife, there's sometimes we have casual conversation and sometimes the conversation comes from a deeper place, right? I want to encourage you to let your conversation with the Father in heaven come from the deeper place. Come from more than here but let it come from here and let it come from here. And maybe if you've got some questions from God, some things that you don't understand or some things that you're disappointed in yourself, I want you to know he's got big shoulders and he can handle it. But what he wants is he wants you. He wants your heart. He wants sincerely what's inside of you. He can handle it. He can handle you. But there's something about the respect of getting real with him. Because, see, he already knows what's in your heart. But he knows it's good for you to release it to him, 
to release your thankfulness, to release your question, to release your praise for him, to release your need for him, to release those things from the deep places of your heart. I want you to know that he already sees you. He already knows you. He is all so approachable and can handle whatever is going on in your life. And you can trust that he's there. These words are there so that you can hear it, believe it, and go to him. Sometimes we're keeping ourselves from the best parts of God because we are keeping ourselves at arm's length. And he's just saying, come to me. Come to me. He can handle you. Would you stand with me today? I want to tell you today, maybe if you've never had that moment in your life where you cried out to Jesus and asked him into your life, if you've never had that moment, I really want to know about it because there's something about having that day where you just say, Jesus, I need you in my life. And if that's a decision that you need to make today, that you feel that thing in your heart, like I've got to give my life to God, will you come and see me after the service? If you're online, you can go to our website, victorychristian.church, and click on Next Steps, and we will reach out to you this week because that decision is the most important decision we make in our lives, to cry out and to ask him into our lives. Today, if there's one thing you get out of the message today, He's a good father that you can approach. And I just want to encourage you, don't hesitate to approach him honestly. The more transparent and honestly you give yourself to him, there's something about that that's good for you, and you'll encounter him in an even more powerful way. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Lord, as we've heard the scripture, let it calibrate the way that we see you. We can ask, we can knock, we can come before you. Lord, you're trustworthy. God, I just pray for those today who, they're just so convinced that you're mad at them. Lord, come with your presence. Your good presence come, change the way that we think. May it align with your word and with who you are. You are, as we sing, a good, good father, worthy of worship, worthy of glory, worthy of honor. And God, I pray especially for those today who have felt lonely and far off. Oh, Jesus, break that yoke. Break that heaviness. Let the power of your word break lies. And Lord, may the truth, you will never leave us or forsake us. We can feel far from you, but you are never far from us. Oh, you treat us so good. You're a good dad a good father. We honor you today. May your encouragement and edification come to each person today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.